I'm Philippa Tolley and this insight explores improving trade with China. Eight years on from the signing of the New Zealand-China Free Trade Agreement and it's now out of date. The government says exporters are missing out on hundreds of millions of dollars because Chinese consumers are demanding more products from New Zealand than are covered under the deal. The Prime Minister, who's just returned from his sixth official visit there, says he's received assurances from Chinese leaders that they'll have a look at upgrading it. But is this genuine and what would be in it for them? A busy Chinese market in downtown Xi'an, and New Zealand infant formula is one of a number of products flying off the shelves. Since the 2008 free trade agreement came into effect, trade with China has gone through the roof. Goods and services exports are now worth more than $11 billion. But not all products are enjoying an easy ride. The chair of the Dairy Companies Association, Malcolm Bailey, says milk powders are still being hit with high import tariffs when volumes reach a certain threshold. We're triggering those volumes at the start of the calendar year, meaning that we have most of our product going in under a higher tariff than would be the case if those safeguards weren't in place. The Primary Industries Minister, Nathan Guy, says it's about time the trade agreement was upgraded to make it relevant for today's trading. We've got a very strong relationship here. We could see that with the President and the Premier and Prime Minister Key. And uh, from time to time, we like calling in the odd favour. I'm Demelza Leslie, and for this insight, I travelled to China for the Prime Minister's official visit to hear what the barriers are to trade and whether the superpower is willing to upgrade its agreement with New Zealand. Touching down in Beijing on an Air Force jet, the Prime Minister John Key arrived in the Chinese capital with two of his ministers and a high-level business and investment delegation of more than 40 people. John Key's visit comes just a week after the Australian Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull led his country's biggest ever trade delegation of more than a thousand there. Mr Turnbull went to cement Australia's recently signed free trade agreement with China that cuts tariffs across many economic sectors. John Key brushed off his Australian counterpart's bigger and more elaborate effort, an effort that would have been noted by the Chinese leadership, who value face-to-face -face meetings. We're never going to have a footprint that's that big, but if you're not regularly in this market, just sort of fronting up and saying hello and talking about the issues and just sheer FaceTime, then you get forgotten because there's so many countries that come along and try and market their products to China. It's John Key's sixth visit to China as Prime Minister for what is deemed to be crucial face time with the President Xi Jinping and Premier Li Keqiang. Mr. President, uh, it's good to see you again. We uh, obviously meet each other in uh, Washington a few years ago. Mr. Key says he directly told the two leaders he wanted to make progress towards an upgrade of the 2008 China New Zealand Free Trade Agreement. There is a perception that New Zealand's exporters, namely dairy, have been disadvantaged by more favourable terms in China's FTA with Australia. Their argument there, of course, is that dairy is not that significant to Australia. Their main uh, focus of attention is minerals actually into China and to a certain degree meat. Um, but I said, well, look, that may well be the case, but they've still got uh, on the face of what looks like better access than us.
He told the leaders New Zealand wasn't interested in a trade upgrade if dairy wasn't part of it. Ultimately, in every in any negotiation, you have to give something as well. And how could we do that if we weren't getting anything for our major um, exporter here? And so, you know, in principle, while they're worried about the two million dairy farmers they've got, even though they're very small and they're not really necessarily hugely significant to the economy, it's the politics, I suppose, of those two million farmers. So from our point of view, um, we do have to give them reassurance, I suppose, that there's a place for them. But Xi Jinping knows, as does Li Keqiang, that in the end, as their consumers get wealthier, they just don't trust their own products. And so we're in really, really good shape. But we can't go forward without dairy being part of it. The Chinese president does not give media interviews after those meetings, but in a formal statement said his nation stood ready to work with New Zealand to seek further development of their comprehensive strategic partnership on the basis of mutual respect and equality. A Chinese Ministry of Foreign Affairs spokesperson said through an interpreter there had been enormous progress made since the free trade agreement was signed. He nor any of the other Chinese officials there would give his name. Of course, our two sides need to carry forward uh, with the existing FTA between us because it has worked well and produced some positive results. And second is our cooperation in agriculture and uh, livestock because that is a big priority for business cooperation between China and New Zealand and it counts for about 40% of our business cooperation. Uh, the two sides now need to move beyond uh, the traditional cooperation in such areas and expand our cooperation to cover the entire industrial chain, including from trade to investment, R&D and food safety. John Key says President Xi understands New Zealand's position. He said there's very strong consumer demand in China for New Zealand products. They really value the safety and security of New Zealand products and that uh, he wouldn't be standing in the way of um, New Zealand getting better access. Uh, what he's agreed is that uh, the trade ministers are now going to meet uh, in Peru in a few weeks' time and that'll give them the opportunity to scope out how we might go forward from here. The FTA with China has clearly improved the overall competitive position of New Zealand in the Chinese market. But now that Australia has entered into its own deal with China, that competitiveness is slowly being eroded. Under New Zealand's 2008 deal, dairy companies pay higher tariffs for their product when the amount they sell hits a certain level. The safeguards were designed to protect China's two million dairy farmers from being swamped by imports of dairy products from New Zealand. But their levels were set on the basis of trade with China at the time the agreement was signed. The chair of the Dairy Companies Association, Malcolm Bailey, says the safeguards are far too low for today's trade. Currently we're triggering those volumes at the start of the calendar year, meaning that we have most of our product going in under a higher tariff than would be the case if those safeguards weren't in place. So that's something that we're arguing for in terms of the upgrade of the FTA, to have those safeguard volumes changed so that we can send a lot more product into China and pay a lower tariff overall. Can you give me an example of, of a comparison of, of what, how high that tariff is? Well, there's a range, of course, but some of the tariffs for the normal trade uh, maybe say 2 to 4 percent and the safeguards mean that they can go in at up to 12 percent. So in dollar terms, um, you know, this is hundreds of millions of dollars over a number of years for New Zealand if they continue as they are. 
China has the option of not applying the safeguard measures, but has used them every year since the free trade agreement began. This year, the trigger and pre-agreed tariff of 10% was hit for whole milk powder in the first two weeks of January. The safeguards are not due to expire until 2022 and 2024. The chair of the country's largest dairy exporter, Fonterra, John Wilson, says lifting those thresholds is especially important given dairy demand is expected to rise in China as the government there lifts its one-child policy to two and demand for formula and dairy products increases. He also wants a level playing field with Australia. It's very important that New Zealand, uh, and I know that our government are working on that at the moment, match that uh, into Australia. But it's also for Fonterra, of course, we have our plants in Australia, and we're able to use those plants to export. So that's important for Fonterra to be able to use those multiple geographies uh, to be able to provide product to our customers. So you tap into the advantages of their free trade agreement? Absolutely. I mean, but we do that globally. So globally it's about how we access uh, to market. So what we're looking to do is to access high-quality milk uh, in multiple markets to to service our customers. And so in the markets like this, for example, the reason we've got our farms here is to be able to ultimately supply milk off those farms direct to the customers in this market. Dairy consumption per capita is still relatively low in China. The average person consumes about 30 kilograms per year, compared with those in the United States or Europe who consume an average of 250 kilograms a year. Fonterra's Greater China Managing Director, Christina Zhu, says dairy isn't a traditional part of a Chinese diet, but it is changing. If you look at the urbanization um, plan for China, between 2010 and 2020, the 10 years, China was looking to bring on additional 180 million consumers, urban consumers. At the same time, there's a rising middle class with rising household income to spend on dairy. And Chinese consumers are also very curious, explorative eaters as well. Christina Zhu says China needs more dairy, so she thinks it will be easy to get rid of the safeguards. If you look at the results that Frontier has been able to achieve in China, this would not be possible if China was not an open market. And they understand it's not unilateral, right? It's mutual. It's a mutual need. The open market is, is fundamentally is a, is a function of the mutual need that we, Frontier, uh, New Zealand, we need China as an export trading partner. But China also needs the high-quality milk from Fonterra and from New Zealand. And they understand very well it's been a very friendly mutual relationship. The former trade negotiator Charles Finney says the decline in commodity prices over the past few years is masking how fantastic the free trade agreement has been. We're still seeing volumes of product increase but the price in some cases like dairy has halved but this agreement really has delivered far beyond expectations. The primary industries minister Nathan Guy met with his Chinese counterpart during the trip and they discussed how dairy farmers from both countries were finding conditions under low prices really tough right now but Mr Guy says the medium to long-term outlook is strong in China. They've got about 250 to 300 million middle class. That's forecast to grow by another 150 in the next 10 years. The other thing that's also happening is the government is softening their one-child policy, and we see that as a potential upside as well. There's 38 children born every minute, uh, over 20 million babies born a year, so it could increase by another 10 to 15%.
He says it's pointless discussing an FTA upgrade unless dairy is on the table. We won't be kick-starting a negotiation unless we can talk about the dairy safeguards. You know, I think the time is right. Uh, the agreement was signed in 08. Of course, now it's 2016, and you think out to 2022, 2024, we're about halfway. So I think this is a time to go through the refresh process, to have a look, to understand what Australia's got, for them to understand the importance of this to our farmers. And we'll be working hard in this regard, but it's probably not going to happen overnight, but we'll do what we can to keep raising it, and hopefully we can get to the point where we can start negotiating. It's not just dairy hoping to get a better deal. New Zealand meat exports to China have soared from $96 million in 2008 to more than $1.2 billion in 2015. But the product sold as lower value frozen meat cuts that are used in Chinese hot pot dishes. At the moment, China doesn't accept chilled beef and lamb, offal and blood and manufactured meat products. The country's largest beef exporter, Amsco Foods, says there needs to be improved access for meat into China. Its chairperson, Sir Graham Harrison, says the China meat market is underdeveloped. Our model has always been to import and distribute ourselves, but clearly we cannot do that in China, and that's the reason we don't have an office in China. And yet we've had an office in Taiwan, uh, what the Chinese say is a part of this, we've had an office there for 25 years. And we will be into China so quickly as soon as we have certain access for value-add items. Can you put a ballpark figure on, on what it potentially could be worth to your company? Well, it's not tens of millions, it's hundreds of millions. For us and for the industry as a whole, it's well beyond that. The government says it's received word China will start approving chilled meat imports from New Zealand. However, the minister, Nathan Guy, says it's likely to be some months away. If we can get chilled meat in here, and I'm very confident, soon we'll be able to talk positively about that. Uh, that is an opportunity for us to get into top-end restaurants, and that's a hugely exciting value-add story where that premium will return back to farmers inside the farm gate. Will you leverage on the fact that an Australian meat exporter has sent the first shipment of chilled meat from Australia to China this month? Yes, we will. We've raised that, of course, and uh, we have made that well known. And uh, we are hopeful uh, in the next wee while that we will get a chilled meat protocol into China. The government is also trying to progress market access for a number of fruit and vegetables and wood products, which are fighting import clearance from the Chinese department AQSIQ, or the General Administration of Quality Supervision, Inspection and Quarantine. Mr Guy says the Chinese market is very congested. Often the cases we push pretty hard and so does the China side. So recently Chinese bananas are now coming into New Zealand, New Zealand persimmons are coming in, uh, the next cab off the rank is New Zealand avocados and we're working on a protocol for them as we speak. Nathan Guy says collaborating more with agricultural companies in China will help New Zealand negotiate a better trade deal. Ultimately it'll be about uh, ensuring that we can help uh, the 600 million uh, Chinese farmers and obviously we can't help all of them but we know that the real priority is the 2 million that are finding it very difficult on farm at the moment. So if we can help in part with some of our Kiwi know-how and expertise, then that's got to be a win-win. What we're trying to do is bring quality New Zealand product to marketplace. 
New Zealand's biggest sheep meat processor and exporter, Alliance Group, has teamed up with China's largest sheep meat importer, Grand Farm, to sell its products exclusively. Grand Farm owns feedlots and processing facilities and operates hundreds of retail shops and branded meat counters in China. Alliance's chief executive, David Surveyor, says the relationship allows Alliance to access the market and tailor what it sells in China. We're now looking at consumer-based products, consumer-based cuts, consumer packaging um, directly to consumers through either the retail chain, which, uh, which Grand Farm has, or also through their supermarket retail channels. We're also looking at expanding food services part of the way that we offer, operate. And we're, of course, we're very keen to see Chilled be part of the uh, opportunities for New Zealand meat going forward. Grand Farm's president, Sibin Chen, says it wants Alliance to become the leading imported brand into China. And Alliance also has been a great coach in many ways, such like uh, farming practice, uh, traceabilities, and uh, state of arts of productions. The kiwi fruit exporter Zespri is another company enjoying the fruits of the free trade agreement, with all duties having been removed from kiwi fruit this year. China is now Zespri's biggest market, taking nearly a fifth of its total crop at 24 million trays. The company's chief operating officer, Simon Limmer, says they're opening three new regional offices in China and tripling staff numbers to 90. We really believe that the market has got a, a massive amount of untapped potential. We're really um, strongly present on the east coast, like a lot of big companies, but those second tier, third tier cities as we move further west provide um, you know, enormous amounts of opportunity too. Mr Limmer says Zespri is joining with local partners in China to investigate growing kiwi fruit there to be able to supply the market with fruit all year round. New Zealand is also the first country to have film and television co-production agreements with China. Dunedin-based Natural History NZ works with China Central Television to co-produce several programs, including the international children's series Zumu Animal Friends and Panda and Kiwi. At a ceremony marking the relationship in Beijing, Natural History NZ's managing director, Carl Murdoch, said the co-production agreement had sped up development in the Chinese market. I'm honoured to be standing here today to celebrate over a decade of award-winning collaboration between NHNZ and CCTV and to look forward to an exciting future of co-production between our two organisations. The Trade Minister, Todd McClay, says the more the two countries find ways to trade with each other, the greater the opportunity for negotiators to make it easier. First and foremost, this is about uh, reaching out to uh, Chinese consumers. There are more than a billion of them. Uh, and so, therefore, you know, the easier it is for them to have access to high-quality New Zealand products, the more we'll sell. At a lunch hosted by the China Entrepreneur Club, China's richest man, Jack Ma, the founder of Alibaba Group, said there was more to New Zealand's trade with China than just commodities. Not only you're buying things, you're buying concept, you're buying knowledge, you're buying technology, you're buying the, the common belief of the world. So we love, respect, salute New Zealand, not because it's the great products, because the environment protection, the technology, the people there, the friendly people. So this is what we as a Chinese, uh, as a China, the country, should learn from and should respect. If by doing that, we hope in next 20 years, China can also sell and can also trade 
the healthy and environmental friendly things to the world. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the exciting ceremony between the New Zealand Trade and Enterprise and Alibaba. Under the witness of Mr Ma and the Prime Minister John Key, New Zealand Trade and Enterprise and Alibaba Group signed a Memorandum of Understanding to help more New Zealand businesses sell their products to China through Alibaba's platform. Jack Ma says the agreement will allow small businesses to access the Chinese market with limitless opportunities. Your total population is 4.5 million people and we got a 14 you know, 1.4 billion people, and I think it's especially in big cities. Uh, my city is a small city. Uh, I forgot, like 8 million people. It's like a village in China. So the market <laughs> is huge, but it's like already two times bigger than New Zealand. And I think even our city's demonic crop probably will scare you guys. So this is something that we would love to do, as I said. John Key says New Zealand exporters haven't even touched the sides of the Chinese market, particularly in e-commerce. And that was really the point I think Jack Ma was trying to make, that um, they've got half a trillion dollars worth of business going through his platform at the moment. I mean, at one point I think he said to me, by 2035 they want to be the fifth largest economy in the world. I mean, it's mind-blowing sort of numbers, but probably true. I mean, if you just look at where China's going, where that platform's going, and how consumer trading patterns are changing. And it's true in New Zealand. I mean, it's one of the issues we're facing around the de minimis rules of people bringing in products. It's, it's not that we're trying to stop them. It's just the way they shop is different. And we should, as best we can, have a level playing field. John Key says an FTA upgrade won't be about what China wants from New Zealand, but what New Zealand can offer China. All Chinese products imported into New Zealand are now tariff-free. So there isn't any movement we can make there because we've already done that. I mean, there are always parts of the FTA, for instance, things like the number of working holiday programs. At the moment, we have about 1,000 people who come on a working holiday visa and about 1,800 that come on other categories like... Chinese chefs working in, in restaurants, for instance. Um, they're, they're spread across a lot of different categories, so you can't have more than 100 in any particular sector, but there's about 2,800 in there. So we could make some modest changes there. Um, so there are always things to look at, and eventually that's the sort of thing our negotiators have to do. We have to sit down with what we want, they sit down with what they want, and try and see if we can find it, have a meeting of the minds. An Auckland-based lawyer, Arthur Liu, who runs Australasia's largest Southeast Asian-focused law firm and was on the Prime Minister's trip, says Chinese investment will need to be part of the upgrade. He deals with many Chinese buying houses and investing in New Zealand and says the country has nothing to fear from Chinese investment. But he says the Overseas Investment Office is causing some investors to shy away. The problem at the moment is that the Overseas Investment Office is taking a long time to process applications. It's perhaps a resource matter, but the last high-profile case was the Shanghai function investing in the uh, Lochinvar farms. You know, that took nearly a year and a half, I think, for the potential buyer to be turned down. Now, what I think the potential buyer was sort of saying well, was, look, if we are going to be turned down, can't we have a reasonably quick decision rather than make us wait nearly a year and a half you know, to be turned down uh, because it's just really wasting everybody's time, wasting resources because to lodge an application isn't cheap. I mean, the application, of, application fee in, in itself is quite expensive. Then by the time you've engaged lawyers and consultants, you know, it's, an, it's an expensive process. Are we talking thousands of dollars here? The application fee is nearly $30,000, so I would think that 
um, you know, they would have probably spent maybe twice that again in legal and consultant fees, maybe more, I would think probably more. So they would have spent, my guess is that, well over $100,000 to get nowhere. The Prime Minister hasn't considered whether the upgrade would include making it easier for Chinese to invest in New Zealand. Generally there's a threshold that fits within an FTA. So in Australia's case they have a much higher threshold before they have to have reference to the Overseas Investment Office. In the case of China it's I think around about 100 million from memory. I'm, I might be wrong on that number but it's certainly that I think and the United States are getting a little bit more I think. It's, it's possible again that that threshold could go up a little bit. It wouldn't be anywhere near what Australia has but it might be possible. It might not. It's, it's something we they may well ask for. We'll have to consider it on its merits when we look at it. It's uh, become a the government is considering a formal extradition treaty with China, as there are up to 60 people living in New Zealand who China wants to send back for fraud and embezzlement offences. But John Key says that would not be part of the trade agreement. The question is, are we prepared to have an extradition treaty with them? Forget about the FTA, even if we don't do an upgrade. The answer is potentially yes. Um, we're in the process now of trying to consider the work that um, was done by the Law Commission. As we've tried to say to them, and look, we're happy to extradite people, providing you meet the human rights conditions that we put on that, which is not the least of them being... You know, not the person not being subjected to the death penalty. The Trade Minister Todd McClay is optimistic that he can work out a deal to negotiate with China. The relationship New Zealand and China have now is broader than trade. You know, it is one that's being built around uh, on uh, mutual respect and it is based on friendship. But you know, trade and underpins that for New Zealand. So look, I think there is a way forward, but there is a lot more talking to do. It's important our two leaders said that they want us to focus on this at political level now, uh, and not only at the level of official. Uh, and uh, you know, I look forward to meeting with my counterpart uh, at the APEC meeting in a few weeks' time. I've already had a conversation with them about what we might do on the way through that. I think it'll probably take a few more meetings between us over a short period of time, but I'm quite optimistic that we will find ways forward to, you know, to further grow the trading relationship between New Zealand and China. The former trade negotiator Charles Finney says the negotiations will not be easy. The key is to uh, achieve an outcome that delivers benefits for both sides. We've got some extremely skilled negotiators, well, they do too. It won't be a quick process, but I'm absolutely confident that nothing will be launched unless it is likely to deliver a positive outcome for both sides. The Chinese appear to have an appetite for dairy, but government officials there overwhelmingly want to steer their relationship with New Zealand away from straight commodity trading. New Zealand will have to remind them that even though it is little, it is a great friend and an upgrade can be a win-win for both countries. The Chinese and New Zealand trade ministers will meet in Peru in the next fortnight to nut out the details towards formal negotiations. I'm Demelza Leslie and that's Insight for this week. If you have any feedback, you can contact us via email at insight at radionz.co.nz or our Twitter handle is at InsightRNZ. I wrote and presented that. It was produced by Philippa Tolley and Teresa Cowie with technical production from Phil Benge.